Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. That ye should be married to another, even to him who was raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. Now that's a beautiful thing, fruit unto God. Look at verse number five. For when we were in the flesh, the motions of sins, which were by the law, did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. And there's two types of fruit that I'd like us to get to un- get some understanding with. If we can turn to Ephesians, keep your finger in Romans 7. We'll go to Ephesians. We'll be in the second chapter. Ephesians chapter number two, watch what the Bible says. Among whom also, Ephesians two, verse three, we we all had our conversation in times past. That would be before we were saved. And that would be in the lusts of our flesh. And what did we do in that time past? We fulfilled the desires of the flesh. That is all we lived for. End of the mind. And were by nature, what? The children of wrath, even as others. And this child right here can only bring forth fruit unto death. That's the only thing a child of wrath can produce. It's shameful fruit. And even if we wanted to bring forth good fruit, we have no power to do it. We're absolutely hopeless as a child of wrath. Now, if you've trusted Christ, praise the Lord, that's not who you are. You would be a different child. You would be, and I would be, a child of God. If you've trusted Christ, you are no longer a child of wrath. You are the children of God. How? By faith. In whom? Jesus Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus, as Galatians 3 says. You don't have to turn there, but Philippians 1 says this. As a child of God, here's what the Bible says. Being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ. As a child of wrath, even if we wanted wanted good fruit to come out of it, We couldn't produce it. It was a helpless cause. It's just dead fruit. As a child of God, the fruits of righteousness that we bring forth, they're not even by us. They're by Jesus Christ and unto the glory and praise of God. So you have fruit as a child of wrath. It's absolutely shameless and dead. Now as a child of God, Now you bring forth fruit unto righteousness. It's good fruit and it's praiseworthy fruit. It's to the glory of God. The spirit of God does that. You do something good in your life. It's not your flesh that does it. The spirit of God does it. Your Christian life is by the grace of God. Go back to Romans. Go back to Romans. So we got that. Two children. Two different types of fruit. Look at Romans 6. Look at verse 22. Romans 6, 22 says, but now being made free from sin 
and become servants to God. Ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. The fruit that you and I should be producing should be holy fruit. That word has become a word that not a lot of Christians like to talk about or use this day. Holy living. Holy thinking. Because we serve a holy God. What type of offspring do you want? Shameful or praiseworthy? We're not child of wrath anymore, child of God. So let's bring forth fruit to that end. Okay, next thought. What are the fruits of marriage? One of the fruits of marriage. That would be offspring. Psalm 127, verse 3, the Bible says, Lo, Children are an heritage of who? The Lord. They're the Lord's heritage. And the fruit of the womb is whose reward? His reward. If the Lord blesses you with children, whose children are they ultimately? God's. Whose reward are they? That would be God's. Bible says, train up a child in the way. Who is the way? Jesus said, I am the way. He should go. What way should that child go? In the way of Jesus Christ, his way. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. So from Proverbs 22, what does God want you and I to do with our children? Train them. Why? Because a child left to himself will bring his mother what? Shame. Were you a child of wrath? Was your fruit shameful? Was your fruit dead? Yes. In a marriage, when you bring forth children, the idea is to train those children in his way. Why? So you don't have dead offspring, spiritually speaking. It's one of the highest purposes of our Christian life is to produce fruit. What did God, the first marriage was between a man and a woman, was between one man and one woman, was between two genders, and the genders were male and female, and then that was it. There aren't any other pronouns, there's no other genders, there's no other idea that can be brought in, and and we should act like we have to take it serious. It's not. Man and a woman, and God told them to do what? Be fruitful and multiply. Now, you can't do that with a man and a man. You can't do that with a woman and a woman. You can't do that with two hens. You can't do that with two stallions. You can't, it, 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 right? Got to be a stallion and a mare. Got to be a hen and a rooster. And it's got to be a male and a female. Now, when you look all around this earth, I would probably guess that we would all agree that the command to be fruitful and multiply has been successful. There's a lot of people. Okay? Did God give that command? Who who did God give that command to? 
Adam and Eve. Now, it's a blessing if you have children. But if, so, if a woman is not able to have a child, is she breaking the command of the Lord? No. This was given to Adam and Eve. It's been accomplished. We have a New Testament spiritual principle that we can take out of the book of Genesis. And the New Testament spiritual principle is this. Be fruitful, Christian, and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. What do you mean by that? What I mean is don't be a sterile Christian. We've got a new race of people, a saved child of God. And you know what God said? Don't be sterile. Go out, hold forth the word of life, preach the gospel, one-on-one witness, call somebody out, find somebody that's lost, and tell them about how they can have life and be born again. And then guess what happens? Fruit comes out of that. God gives the fruit. And now what happens? Something was multiplied. Christian, this morning, I'm asking you, I'm pleading with you, be fruitful and multiply. These Christians, they get convicted about television and getting cable TV pumped into their homes, and they get rid of the TV, praise the Lord. Then all of a sudden, the kids start coming. There's nothing to do. Can't sit around and watch TV anymore. And so, you know what we ought to do spiritually? Let's get rid of some of the stuff in our life that's causing us to not be able to produce fruit. Is it TV? Is it the internet? Is it is it the cell phone? Is it the job? Is it the is it the amusement? Is it the just fill in the blank? Whatever it is in your life, ask the Lord. You ask Him. You should be producing fruit. All right, look, verse five, Romans seven, verse five. For we, I'm sorry, for when we were in the flesh. Uh, that would mean not in Christ. And then that would also mean there was a time when you weren't in Christ, where the Holy Spirit was not there. What does the flesh answer to? Sin. Is the flesh aided by God or unaided by God? It's unaided by God. All we are in the flesh is controlled by that nature. And it says the motion, it says the motion of sins, which were by the law, did work in our members to bring forth fruit. Unto death. Motion of sins are by law. What does the law produce? Sin. Say in the law a good thing? Yeah. But we've got a rebellious heart. So when you hear the law, it causes you to rebel against it. And that's the way it works. If something is forbidden from you, hey, kids, you can't have cookies before dinner. As soon as that's forbidden, what can't you get your eye off? The cookie. That's the way it works. If you are told no, if I am told no, what does that cause us to do? Want it. It's in the heart of every man. Mankind just has something in his heart, saved or unsaved, that just rebels against the thought. He just can't stand it. What does the law do? It brings forth those motions of sin. That's how the law works. That's why we need to show them 
themselves through the mirror of God's law. This is a simple question. Are the police criminals? No, the police aren't criminals. Then why are the criminals typically found with the police? Because they're at odds with each other. They're not the same. They're at enmity. They're, the police must enforce the law. The criminals break the law. So you always see the cops and the robbers together for that reason. Not because they're friends. It's the idea with God's law. God has to deal with the criminal activity. You're not saved this morning. You are a criminal against God. You've broken his law. And the only thing you can produce is sin. Christ came to die for your sin and paid the sin debt on the cross at Calvary. All right, so we got that. Look at Romans 7, verse 6. Look at verse 6. The Bible says, but now we are delivered from the law. Well, great. I get a new set of rules. No, you don't get a new set of rules. This is the idea. People think they're saved by grace, so the law goes away. That is not necessarily true. But his death set us free from the motions of sins. It was the inworking of sin in our members. So now we don't reap what we sow. We receive what God gives. What does he give us? Grace. What does he give us? Mercy. What does he give us? Eternal life. What does he give us? Blessings. What does he give us? A seat in heavenly places. What does he give us? Christian friends. What does he give us? Fellowship. What does he give us? You picking up what I'm putting down? God has given us names. Because he's God. Now watch what it says. Verse 6. That being dead, we're in. We were held that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. Now watch. You and I do not have an external standard to live up to. We don't have an external. Instead, what do we have and dwell in us? The Holy Spirit. We don't have an external to live up to. We have an internal presence to please. Well, I'm saved by grace. Does that mean I can lie? No, the commandment still stands. God's law still stands. But you don't have to keep that external standard to merit God's work. You are saved by his grace. You have an eternal home in heaven. Praise the Lord. Now I can go in line. No. You have an internal presence that you now desire to please. Now that is why you don't lie. And you get enjoyment out of pleasing your Savior. That's the newness of the Spirit. One is the oldness of the letter. Christians, a lot of them are going to these modern churches because they just want to be told, hey, you can take God's grace and then you can just go sin and live however you want. Don't listen to those mean preachers. Don't listen to those legalistic guys. All that is bondage. No, it's not bondage. They're in bondage because they're still sinning and living like 
They used to. The only thing they do was they slap a sticker that said grace. Except they're using it as a license to sin. We don't have an impersonal law that tells us, hey, this is right and this is wrong. Instead, we have an intimate indwelling and an intimate relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are privileged to be able to be a part of doing his will. You see the difference? The law didn't change. So now instead of, well, I have to. Now it's, oh, I'm delighted to. I have to dress like that? No, I'm just delighted to. I have to listen to this music? No, I'm just delighted to. I have to go to church? No, I'm delighted to. You mean I have to talk to somebody about Jesus and open the Bible? No, and now it's, I'm delighted to. Does that make sense? The law doesn't change. But it's not an external standard we need to live up to. We have the presence of the Holy Spirit. And now those that love him do what? Keep his commandments. And there's plenty of them in the New Testament. I'm not talking about the Old Testament law for the Jewish people. There's plenty of New Testament commandments for Christians. But that's why God says, If you want to give, he loves what? A cheerful giver. He doesn't want you doing something just begrudgingly. What is that? All you're doing when you give begrudgingly, you're you're upholding yourself to an external standard. What you should do is, what I should do is go home and pray for some cheerfulness about the matter. Why? Because God wants us to do things out of a desire to please him. Go to Romans 8. Let's look at that. Romans 8. Let's see if we can get some more help. I feel like some are just not sure where we're going with this. Let's look at Romans 8, verse 8. So then they that are in the flesh cannot do what? Please God. Go ahead. Try to keep an external standard. Ain't going to happen. You can't please God in the flesh. But ye are not in the flesh. What are you in? The spirit. And if so, where does that spirit live? Bible tells us it dwells in you. Now, if any man, verse 9, have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Does it say thy will be done? A believer should desire to do God's will. And if you have not the spirit of Christ, then it might be time this morning to have the spirit of Christ and trust in him. Not an external commandment that you can't keep if you wanted to. What is your new life now 100% focused on as a Christian? When you and I get saved, it should be focused on the Lord Jesus Christ. When a young man, okay, before a young man gets married, after work, he can spend his nights with the workmates. 
He can go out and get a bite to eat. He can go out and do a variety of activities. He can sign up for the local softball team. He can enjoy all of his evenings with his workmates and his buddies. Five o'clock hits, he's out at the ball field. Five o'clock hits, he's got an activity he's doing with his friend. But he gets married. He gets married. Now, when five o'clock hits, let me ask you a question. Does the Bible say you can't have friends? No, the Bible doesn't say you can't have friends. You can have friends. Does the Bible say I can't play softball? No, the Bible doesn't say you can't play softball. Does the Bible say I got to come home right after work and I can't have a wife? No, the Bible doesn't say you have to go home. But let me ask you a question. If you're married and you have a wife now, how come you don't love her enough to just desire to want to go home and spend time with her? And you know what God's telling a lot of Christians? Hey, there's nothing wrong with football. There's nothing wrong with baseball. There's nothing wrong with friends. Why do you love them more than me? Will you let me in? Can I reside and have a place? God wants his people to desire a relationship with him. And just like you're quick to suit up and go out and play the ball game, why aren't we quick to suit up and go and serve God? Because none of those things are sinful. And you can give as many external laws and external rules and external commandments that you want until someone's heart desires, until that man desires to want to spend time with his wife, you, it, it's not going to, the relationship won't work. It won't work. And you know what will happen? You'll be married on paper. That means one man works, one woman cooks and cleans, and then they come together, they have a meal, they don't talk, one sleeps the room on the left, one sleeps the room on the right. And they do their own thing. They don't have a relationship. You know what God desires for us? A relationship. Yeah, you're saved. Do you want a relationship with your Savior? Oh, you mean I have to do that? No, you don't have to. You get to. You, you, you get to. That's the newness of the Spirit. The desires change. I hope we can get that. Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? What do you think? Jesus is saying it's wrong to love others? That's not what Jesus was saying to Simon. He was asking him that question to point out the fact that Simon didn't love the Lord like you said he loved him. Your allegiance to Christ is not out of law. It's out of love. Husbands, wives, your allegiance to your spouse is not out of a marriage law certificate. What do you think? If you rip it up and throw it in the fire and burn it, you're not married? That external standard don't mean nothing. I'm sure some have tried it. I couldn't give too much of a testimony. My wife thought we weren't married because we got married in the Catholic Church. So said, honey, we're married. It don't matter what Father and Nimrod did it or what. I mean, look, we're married. You, you, you can't take an external standard 
and make it an inward thing. They're two separate things. You see, thou shalt not, and you think you have to live up to it. Instead, thou shalt not, and just realize, God, thank you for showing me that. I'll be glad to do it your way. That's the newness of the spirit. It's not getting away from obeying God's commands. That would be, that would be just wrong. So let's close with this. There's three ways. Let's get to Galatians 2. Three ways we can bring forth more fruit unto God for 2023. Uh, okay, here we go. Galatians 2. The first way is to live by faith. Galatians 2, look at verse number 20. Bible says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, because we're not taking off this flesh suit until we get a glorified body. It says, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. And because of that, you don't live by your own effort. You must live by the faith of the Son of God. Do you want to bring forth fruit that is praiseworthy unto God in 2023? Do you want to do that? You have got to live by the faith of the Son of God. Go to Galatians 5, number 2. How else can I bring forth Praiseworthy fruit. Look at verse number 16. This I say then, walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You've got to walk, you've got to live by faith, and you have got to walk in the spirit. Look at this, 22. But the fruit of the spirit is Love, walk in that. Joy, walk in that. Peace, walk in that. Long-suffering, walk in that. Gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no what? Law. You don't have an external command. You've got an inward dwelling of fruit. Because who is it the fruit of? It's not your name in the flesh, and that's your fruit. This fruit is of who? The Spirit. Do you have the indwelt Holy Spirit? Do you have that? Then it's the Holy Spirit's fruit, and it will be produced out of your life if you do what? Walk in the Spirit. How do I deal? How do I do that? Quit yielding to the flesh. Should I pray for more Holy Spirit? No. You've got all the Holy Spirit you're going to get. Get one of those stickers or those shirts, you know, 100% Holy Spirit and walk around if that's going to help you. You're not going to get more Holy Spirit. You've got all the Holy Spirit in me. All of it. What's the problem then? You keep yielding to the flesh. So our prayer should be, Lord, help me to yield to your spirit. Last one. Go to Acts 23. Acts 23. 
Watch what Paul said in verse number one under the Holy Spirit's inspiration. Acts 23, 1. And Paul earnestly beholding the council said, Men and brethren, I have lived in all good conscience before God until this day. You know what Paul is saying? He's not indifferent to God. You know what I'd like us to get out of this this morning? Let's not be indifferent to God. Well, I don't care either way. Whatever. Yeah, walk by faith, walk by spirit. Yeah, you're sure, sure. I'm just, you're just indifferent to it. Don't do that. Walk by faith. Be guided by the Holy Spirit. Live your life in good conscience toward God. Last verse, First Peter 2, we'll quote. First Peter 2, look at verse number 24. Bible says, 1 Peter 2, verse 24, who his own self bear our sins and his own body on the tree. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. That we, being dead to sins, should live how? Unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. The cross. We are dead to sin. We're not dead in sins anymore. Producing dead fruit as children of wrath. Praise God. That relationship is over. Remember it said that you should be married to another. Even to him who was raised from the dead. We talked about that last week. We've got a part of our relationship with Jesus Christ that ends. We have, we have been buried with him. We died with him. That is all true for everyone that is saved. But that part of our identification with the Lord Jesus Christ, it is over. We are on the other side now. We have been raised in newness and life. We live on the resurrection side. And we have newness and life. We have been married to another. That's the risen Christ. We don't stay dead with Christ. We don't baptize someone and keep them down in the water. So they would die there They've been raised the newness of life. And too many people, they get the idea. Yeah, you know, I'm a sinner. Yeah, you are. But you got saved. Yeah, Christ died on the cross for me and he needed to. Yeah, I know. And he did. And you know that. And you trusted that. But quit living dead. He paid for it. Live a resurrected life. Because you desire to serve the one who rose you from the dead. You're not a dead sinner anymore. Parents might tell you, kids, I mean, you might be a saved sinner, but look, Christ paid for all your sin. For such an high priest became us, who was holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners. You think Christ, when he came and walked this earth, had any type of union with you? No, the Bible says he was separate from sinners. His incarnation didn't do anything for your soul. He had to die. Now you're buried with him, risen in newness of life. Now there's that union. And you have the indwelled Holy Spirit. That's why the Lord laid on him the iniquity of all of us. 
All of that happened on the cross when we were crucified with Christ. All of the iniquity was laid on him. You haven't this morning. Trust in him. All your iniquity was laid on the Lord Jesus Christ in the cross. You put your faith and trust in him. You'll be crucified. Trust him. He'll raise you to newness of life. You'll get a new spirit to live by. You don't have an oldness of the ladder that you can't keep if you want to. You've got a newness. Or now it's, Lord, I'm delighted to serve you. Thank you that I'm on the resurrected side. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.